Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Happy Monday. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Monday. Same to you. God bless you. God bless you as well. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, family. Welcome to Declare Victory. It's a magnificent, marvelous Monday on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Shining Tashina. Good morning, Shining Tashina. How are you? Hey, I'm okay. How are you? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Still basking. I will yeah. say that. Still basking. Yeah. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. What a time of worship we had. Good morning, everyone. Who's joined the call would like to say good morning? Good morning. Happy Monday. This is Joyce. Oh, good morning, Elder Joyce. Happy Monday. Hey, happy Monday to you, too. Yes, ma'am. Have a blessed day. You do the same. Thank you. Yes. Proverbs 16 and 3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Hallelujah. Good morning. Who's joining the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning, Kenya. Good morning, Kenya. Hallelujah. Why, son, heareth his father's instructions, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Hallelujah, Lord, we shall. Hallelujah. Lift up the name that is above all names. The name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? 
Good morning. Good morning. It's Krishanda. Happy Monday. Good morning, Songbird. Good morning. Happy Monday. Hallelujah. We shall enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We shall make a joyful noise unto the Lord. For he is good and he is worthy to be praised. Who else has joined the call and would like to say good morning on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Good morning. Good morning. This is Kat. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Yes, ma'am. It is a happy Monday. Good morning, it's Brother Michael. Happy Monday. Good morning, Brother Michael. For God be the glory of the still lifting you up. All shall be well. Thank you. Good morning, family. Who's joining the crown would like to say good morning? Hey, church lady, you recovered? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Still basking. I, I, and I want to thank Sabrina for offering me up as a sacrifice, honey. Girl. Yes, she... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was crazy. Hello, good morning. Good morning. It's Moxie. Hey, Moxie. I woke up, y'all. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm still basking too. I'm still basking too. Yeah. Yeah. How wonderful is it that the Holy Spirit hovered, hallelujah, from last night to this morning. Yes, he is definitely a keeper of cover. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. What a time of worship we had. Thank you. Hallelujah. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we get started? Good morning. Good morning. Who that is? CJ Love with the capital L. Oh, well, well come on in, CJ Love. Hi, Cynthia. Happy Hi, Monday. How you doing? Happy <laughs> Monday. Good, how are you? Yes, ma'am. I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Have a blessed day, sir. Good morning. Praise the Lord. It's Demetriana. This Girl, morning, thank you, Jesus, for this new day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Mama, you pull me from under the bed, and then I'll come around and pull you from under it. How about that? Oh, glory. Please, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, if I can ask that you would please, please be so kind to mute your phone as we get started. Good morning. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Way. This is Restore Resilient Rochelle, and I am your greeter and hostess this morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard, 8 a.m. Central Standard, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Make sure you stay joining us during the month of January, where our monthly theme is entitled Repentance. Each declare will focus on repentance, which is the format that God allows 
for the forgiveness of sins. Make sure you invite a friend so that they can be blessed as well. Uh, go ahead and please mute your phone. Yeah, repent when we don't meet our lives. Uh, there is one announcement today. Um, uh, there's Marriage Matters tonight, and if not, if Juju or Eric can confirm if there will be Marriage Matters. But Marriage Matters is every Monday night uh, for married couples and married hopefuls. Um, they meet right here Monday nights at 6.30 to 7.30 Pacific Standard, 8.30 to 9.30 Central Standard, and 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard, you will happy that you did. There are, uh, let's see, prayer requests submitted by the app. We encourage that you will continue to submit your uh, prayer requests by the app. There's no new prayer requests. I see that beloved Barb, uh, Barb is asking for a prayer for her oldest daughter, Taisha. Uh, Taisha, she has a life-threatening back and spinal injury that requires a high-risk surgery. Agree with her in prayer that all will be well. We are agreeing with beloved Barb that all is well concerning her daughter's health. Prayer and corporate, the order of the call, prayer and corporate praise will be brought to you by Moxie, and the, declare, the declaration will be brought to you by Raven. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the Declare. I'll repeat the order of the call. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought to you by Moximona, and the declaration will be brought to you by Raven. The scripture for the day for today is Revelation chapter 16, verse 11. People gall their tongues in agony and curse the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. I just want to remind you to mute your lines as we go to the throne of grace and prayer. Have a blessed day, everyone. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. May we just put our hearts, you guys, on our Heavenly Father. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory be to God, Father. We just come for a sin. Thank you. Thank you for being God Almighty. Thank you for being Jehovah Rapha. Thank you, Lord God, for being Jehovah Nisi, Lord. Thank you for just being the Most High. You are the Most High, God. And we just want to give you praise because you are worthy. You are amazing. Your love is amazing. Your love has never failed us. And we just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Father God, and we just thank you because we know by your mercy, by your grace. And we know if you woke us up this morning, you got plans. Plans to give us life, life more abundantly. Plans to get us right, Lord God, to get us from more and more like your son, plans to give us revelation, Father God, your plans. So we're just grateful, plans to get us back on the path that you, the, the narrow path, so we just say glory. 
Take it to your plans. May we seek you in all and knowing what the plan is on today. So we just say thank you, Lord God, because we know you're going to be with us. That's what you told us, you promise. You promise you're going to be with us. You ain't going to never leave us. You ain't going to never forsake us, Lord God. So we just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that we know we can go be able to talk with you today and have a relationship with you today, Lord God, and worship you today, Lord. So glory be to God. Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for each and every one of us, Father. We just come lifting up our heart, asking you just to look inside of our heart. Anything that you didn't pick in our heart, anything you didn't plant in, Lord God, we ask you to remove it in the name of Jesus. We don't want to walk around with no bitter and angriness, Lord. We want to walk around, Lord, showing love and compassion as you commanded with the Spirit of the Lord. So we say thank you, Lord, for just unplugging those things in our heart, Lord God. We just glorify you because you're just so good to us, Lord. We ask you to forgive us of any sins, any sins that we have committed, Lord God, the ones we know and the ones we don't know. We say thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness, Father. Show us who we need to forgive because you commanded us to forgive, Father God. So we just ask you to show us what we are lacking in that area in forgiveness and who we need to forgive. So we can be free, Lord, free indeed. We know that forgiveness is not just for the other person, but it's to free us. So we just say thank you, Lord God. Thank you for forgiveness. And we just thank you for this theme that you have given us this morning, Lord, the theme of repentance, Lord God. And we just asking you to continue just to search our heart, Lord. Reveal to us where we still need to repent, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, for repentance, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we know that it's even get us even more freer, even for the peace of the God to be upon us, Lord. So we thank you, Father, that you have given us the heart to repent. May we seek you in knowing what that is, Lord. And we thank you for that, Father God. We can't thank you for it. We, we got, we, it's so much we can thank you for. It's so much we can thank you for. If we had a thousand tongues, Lord, we cannot thank you enough. So we just say thank you for everything, everything you're doing in our life. We just thank you, Father, because we know that on today that you are with us. So when we pass through the waters, we know that you are with us. When we pass through the rivers, we know that you are with us, Lord. When when they when we are not um when we pass through the um the fire, we know we will not be burned, Father God, because we know that you are with us, Lord. So we just say thank you, Jesus, for being with us. Being with us, go with us on today and continue just to give us what we need, Father God. I pray for each and everybody on this line, Lord. I ask that you would touch them in a mighty way that only you know how, Father. You formed them in their mother's womb, Father God. They were the a purpose before they was a person. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that they seek you in knowing what that purpose is on today, what their purpose is on today, to give you praise, to give you worship, to give you the honor, Lord, to serve you, to, to love you with all our heart, Lord. So I just say thank you, Jesus. May we repent. May we repent of all the things that is hindering us from doing that. 
Thank you, Lord God. And we just come saying thank you, Father. Thank you for being with us on today. Thank you for your amazing love towards us. Thank you that we know your love has never failed us, Lord. Thank you that we know that your love never returns void, Lord. Thank you that we know that you will go, that your love um, goes to the depth for us, that that we cannot be separated from your love, Father God. And we just say glory to your name. Glory to your name, knowing that you love us so much. You gave your only begotten son, Lord, to come because you saw us, Lord God. You you saw us. You called us, Father God. So we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us. Thank you for calling us, Lord. Thank you for getting us right, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us in spite of ourselves, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Glory to your name, Lord. And we just say bless you, Lord, for declaring victory. We thank you for the 10 years that it has been here, Lord. We thank you for the anointing that you have on this line and everybody connected to it, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. We thank you for life and life more abundantly, Father. We thank you, Jesus. It's just we can't thank you enough. I just say glory to your name, Father God. Continue just to work in us and through us, Father. Continue, Father. We just thank you for working our, our bad, our, our good, Lord. We just bless you, Lord, because we know, we know, Lord, that you are with us. We know that you're not against us. So, God, thank you for being for us, Lord. Thank you for being for us, Lord. May we be for you. May we be for you, seeking your will, seeking your heart, seeking your face, Lord Jesus. So anything that is hindering us from doing that, we just say, have your way. Have your way in that. We're moving in the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And we pray for, um, um, I think her name is Keisha, who was born, um, um, Keisha, who was born through surgery, Father. And we just ask that you be the doctor. You be the doctor for her, Father God. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, because we know you as the comforter. That you comfort her. You let her know that you are with her, that you would never leave her or forsake her, and that you got her, that she can trust in you. So we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in through us, Father God. Order our steps on today. Order our steps onto that narrow path on today, Lord. We don't want to be all over the place. We just say thank you, Lord, for ordering our steps. Ordering our steps that we would be walking in righteousness, Lord Jesus. Clothe us. Clothe us in your righteousness, Lord. Clothe us in your spirit, Father God. May we be clothed in kindness unto thee, in love and compassion, Lord, and and all, um just everything that you have for us to be clothed in, Lord. We just say thank you that we am clothed in all of you and all of your love and know that it's, it's good. Know that it's good. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you told us that we are valuable. We are valuable to your kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord, that we must know that we are part of it, that we are valuable to your kingdom. May our sound is valuable to your kingdom, Lord. Our sound was created to bring down destructive, I mean, and to kill demons, destructive spirits that attack 
to us, Father God. May we use it, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. You have given us power and authority, power and authority, Father God, over over these spirits, Father. So we just say thank you that we cast out all fear, all fear, because there's no fear in perfect love, Lord, in your love. You didn't create fear that we would stand on the rock, Lord, and we would cast them down in the name of Jesus and by the power of Jesus, that we would tell the storm to get thee behind me, Lord Jesus, to tell the enemy to get thee behind me, Lord Jesus. So we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power and authority that you have given us. Thank you for your love that have never failed us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us and you will never leave us, Lord. Glory be to God. We just say glory to you, Father. Go with us on today, Lord. Be with us on today. May we just come off of you, Lord, giving you the praise that you are due. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you, 
Thank you, Lord. Father, touch each and every one of your your people that's unhoused out there too, oh Lord Jesus. That you clothe them and keep them comfort and keep their bellies full, just seeking your face even the more to know that God is good. You are good. Thank you, Father. Touched in a mighty way. And we just ask all these things and we just say thank you. We just say glory to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Glory be to God. I'll pass the call. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Moxie, can you hear me good? Moxie, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You can? Okay, good, good, good. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Happy 10 years, DB. Happy everything. Happy you, happy me. <laughs> um, thank you, Moxie, for uh, setting the tone and the atmosphere for us this morning with prayer. Um, and Shale, thanks for um, for just being who you are and um, not helping to navigate the call this morning. So we're going to get right to it because it ain't nothing to it but to do it. Um, Obviously, we are aware, um, unless there are people on the call, which I'm sure that have not been on, excuse me, throughout the month. But, uh, of course, we're talking about um, repentance. And so um, I just want to unpack my version of repentance and what that looks like for us and what God expects from us, of us, um, and what we, um, the things that we are to do, what we are um, expected to do what God expects from us. And um, one particular story that comes to mind um, is one that many of us are familiar with. You've been to Sunday school or if you went to Bible study growing up or you still go to Bible study. Um, this is a common story, a very familiar story. Um, and I'm not going to actually read the story. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and recap um, how the story went down. Um, but we are, most of us are familiar with the story of Jonah and how rebellious he was against God. Um, so in some, his story kind of looks like this. He was a prophet uh, that God gave specific instructions to go to Nineveh and to preach to the people there. Um, and he was to go there and lead them to a, a point of their own repentance. Um, how ironic, right? Uh, <laughs> um, and I found how wild it was that the very thing um and the very people God sometimes calls us to, he doesn't just call us to them, but he also calls us to them so that the same thing comes out of us too. Um, and so this was one of those situations where God expects us to be, to be living testimonies of what we teach, what we preach to others about. And sometimes the best stories are the ones we live out loud. And so instead of Jonah going to Nineveh, immediately he chose to be dumb, like, we all be, we can be a little dumb sometimes. And so he ran and attempted to hide from the omnipotent and the omnipresent and the everlasting God. And clearly he wasn't thinking rationally or he wouldn't have done it because his attempt was to get away from um, God's eyes. And so his rebellion ended up causing a lot of hell in some other people's lives and that and they ended up being casualties of his disobedience. And so these people on board of his boat or the ship, um, what have you, he climbed on, he climbed on there to try to, you know, find a means of escape. 
um, and to ditch his mission that God called him to. And these people are like, yo, we got to get this crazy dude off our boat. Like, we're going to sink. This is going to be a disaster. And whatever he did, he did it. We didn't. This ain't got nothing to do with us, so have mercy on us. But he about to get us killed, and this ain't got nothing to do with us, so, bruh, you got to go. And, like, in that story, it reminds me of how our sins and our failures don't belong to us, but they impact who we're connected to and those we're closest to and those that we involve, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And it's a little trifling and selfish and destructive to involve innocent bystanders, innocent people that have their own things going on, they're on, they're on their own mission, and to involve them in our disobedience um, to God. And so anyway, they threw him overboard, and Jonah ended up getting swallowed by a huge fish or a whale, whatever, float your boat, um, pun intended. Okay, so the fish actually didn't really eat him. It just kind of swallowed him. And so he's like in this fish's belly. It's a huge fish and he's in there. He's in bad shape. Um, it's old dead fish floating in there. Bile, mucus, carcass, seawater, everything the whale ate before lunch, breakfast and dinner before Jonah got in there was in there and he got swallowed up with it. Okay, all types of bile hazardous liquids that would be in a normal stomach or plus some because it's a giant fish. So I imagine that their stomachs are uh, have far more biohazardous things in there because it, it has to break down a lot more food and a lot more of things that they digest because they eat way more things than we do, okay? They eat other fish. And sometimes, like Jonah didn't get chewed up, but sometimes they, they eat things whole. They don't always chew their food. So it's probably live fish in there looking at Jonah like, bro, who are you? So Jonah is just kind of like chilling in this fish's stomach probably thinking, what the heck am I doing? And it's probably also very echoey in there. It's loud, it's dark, because when you're inside of something like a stomach, there's no there's no lamp, okay? There is no, you can't hit the switch, flick, flick. Ain't no Drake in there. Um, you know, ain't no music. The music of, of, of stomach gurgling, stomach growling, stuff on his face that he collected on his way down. Uh, through the digestive passage, it's probably just everything, just nasty as stank, y'all. I know for sure he had to stink. Like, he stunk, it stunk, everything stunk, stunk. And then sin definitely stinks, so he was going to stink anyway because he was sinning, right? So Jonah is definitely rethinking about how he got there and how ain't nobody going to believe this story when he tells it. Like, nobody. When he come out of here, y'all are not going to believe what I experienced. And I'm sure he came out and had a, a great story to tell that was probably unbelievable because I know if a person came up to me and said, look, I was in the belly of a whale and he didn't chew me, but I was in there chilling um, with everything that he ate and everything that he didn't chew and all these things, I would not believe this. However, God designs situations that are unbelievable in our lives when we do unbelievable things. So at this point, Jonah's like, God, you win, big dog, point proven here, right? So God allows interesting realizations to happen uh, that gets our attention when our conditions of comfort are destroyed by our own decisions to defy his plans for us. And so we become the product of our own environments until we change how we do things. So yes, it stinks. Goofy Jonas pondering on how bad his choices are, how dumb he was to run. So in his moment of crisis, he ended up repenting and God allowed him to survive. The fish ended up spitting him out and he went on to do the thing that God set out for him to do. And then people's lives were changed. They were uh, radically, uh, they radically re repented. You know, they came to a moment of clarity. And so the moral, is, there's many morals of this story. We can go down 
of my rate of morals, but the one moral of the story that I want to focus on, it's a little comedic, but it's also real. And it is, we have the manuscript to obey God, right? But if we do it right the first time, then we won't have to get swallowed by our sins. Okay. So there's a quote by a famous uh, archbishop of Constantinople, which is St. John uh, Christostom. And it says, be ashamed when you sin. Don't be ashamed when you repent. Sin is the wound. Repentance is the medicine. Sin is followed by shame. Repentance is followed by boldness. Satan has overturned this order and given boldness to sin and shame to repentance. Dude, that is like one of the most profound quotes about repentance that I've ever heard in my life. And it's something that I feel like I will become a poster child for. Um, repentance is, it is not free. It, it does have a cost. It does require some sacrificing, but it's self-sacrifice. It's self-sacrificial, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't mean that um, it costs us physically our life, but it does spiritually cost something. And so there is a transfer of something when we repent. Another famous quote uh, comes from a famous theologian, uh, uh, Protestant leader, uh, Martin Luther, not to be confused with Dr. King. This is the white Martin Luther, not the black one. Okay. So Martin Luther once said, all of a Christian's life is one of repentance. And so most of us on here are Christians and we're believers and we practice the faith. Um, and so we understand that uh, repentance is a difficult journey. It's something that we are called to, but we don't always accept, right? And I believe both of these quotes are timeless and hold so much respectable strength in their own rightful truths. They really just do. And so I honestly can say for myself that I don't enjoy making errors, right? I don't, I don't enjoy having to apologize or confessing my wrongs and my behaviors and repenting. I don't enjoy it. It's something that I'm called to do especially when you are called to, to lead people. That's something that you have to get comfortable doing, even in its uncomfortability. Um, there, You don't get a choice to not repent. You don't get a choice to not confess. You don't get a choice to not apologize. That is something that we are expected to do. Certainly, there are people in this world who can go around not apologizing, not confessing, not repenting, and not changing their behaviors. And life doesn't typically go well for them, but, you know, a lot of them are still alive. Um, but they end up in situations that are permanent for them where they um, are chasing repentance. Mm. And so what I mean by that is um, in a situation where repentance, um, where well, I will say repentance is chasing us in a point where we should be, we, we've God has given us the grace and the mercy to an opportunity to um, chase repentance, meaning going after it, right? Seeking it out, seeking uh, reconciliation, seeking, um, um, approaching uh, God and approaching others that we've wronged um, and to a point of repentance. Well, if we keep turning away from it, uh, it'll begin to chase us and it'll chase us until we give in, right? But that doesn't mean that makes our life easier. It actually makes our life a living hill. And so because it's a command from God, it ain't really a treat. Not a lot of God's commands are treats. I mean, I'm going to keep it real. Um, it ain't always, it ain't always a happy-go-lucky story, right? We looking at the story of Jonah and his situation. It wasn't, it was a command for, from God, from God for him to go and teach these people about repentance and draw them to a point of repentance. However, the journey sucks, right? Because he didn't obey from the beginning. And so, uh, repentance isn't something we wake up looking forward to. Like you wake up and say, today I get to confess my sins or today I get to repent while, Actually, we should see it that way, and we should approach it with exceeding great joy, but we don't. We 
don't. We pout. We attempt to rationalize with it and find scriptures that affirm and nurse our own offense. But we don't often offer that same energy when we are the person or people at fault in situations. And so as believers, we're called to repent to God. We know that, right? But we're also called to repent to those that we have issues of concerns with. That seems to be, I think, one of the hardest portions about repentance. And I think it's it's more, it's merely a, a, a greater sense of difficulty because um if you think about it from a psychological standpoint, we can't see God, right? God isn't isn't a physical physical existence. He shows up. He can show up physically, but he is not a physical human. Jesus was a representation of God in human form. Jesus is not here. Jesus is in heaven. He does. Um, again, there is God does seem representative in human form, right? However, he's not a human, so it's easier to say, "Oh, I can. I'm confessing to what we." to something that I can't see or someone that I can't see, someone that's not in front of me. I'm praying to God, confessing and repenting, right? I find it to be easier, and I'm going to speak for myself, it's easier to do that, right, than to go to a human being that is right in front of me. I've wronged them. We've wronged each other. They don't wrong me, whatever it is, and for us for, for us to face our faults and for us to say, look, I apologize. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for, you know, how I've hurt you. Um, and it is up to that person to even, to even accept it. Right, it is not a command or a demand, especially if that person's not saved. They don't have to accept uh, your apology, and that's also sometimes it can go in our favor. Um, <laughs> I recently was in a situation where I needed to approach a person that I really cared about and I loved and apologize to them, and I actually waited a, a few years, and I had valid reason. Um, however, it didn't negate that I had a responsibility to repent to them. However. Thank God they didn't answer the phone, right? That was my scapegoat. Oh, they didn't answer the phone, so I left it on the voicemail. You ain't going to catch me slipping where I did what I was supposed to do. But guess why? I didn't even have to face that person I actually talked to them. They never even called me back. Boom, my plate cleared. I did what I was supposed to do. I did what God instructed me to do. I did my my part, right? So I can let that buck go, right? And so because we're called uh, to, re- to, to repent, um, we're also called to repent to those we have issues of concerns with, right? But we have to keep that same energy. Um, when it's us at fault, right? And so James 5 and 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Then then the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So many of us like myself, we wrestle with it a bit. Um, sometimes it takes a little longer to get to that point because what you're doing is you're facing something that, um, and when it comes to our human nature, is not natural to us. It's not natural for us to repent. It's natural for us to hide when we've done something wrong. Hence, our foremother and forefather, Adam and Eve, when they did wrong, they didn't uh, repent. What they do, they went and hid. They went and, and, and grabbed some leaves and was like, we're going to hide our, our nakedness because repentance is a point of, point of vulnerability. It is a point where we are saying that, you know, I am letting my guard down because my guard keeps me from repenting, but letting my guard down says that I am available for repentance, right? I'm available to give access and to gain access to a point of vulnerability and a, 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 vulner, a, a point of, of reconciliation, a point to come to myself, come to my senses and say, look, this wasn't cool. Let me make it right, right? And so many of us, like myself, we wrestled with that a bit. Um, you have to, when, you're, when, when it's a point of personal repentance, like if you're in the same space with that person, you have to look them in their eyes. You, you might revisit um, the pain and the hurt that you've caused if it's something of a great deal or something that you know that really has impacted their life. You have to face that. And then you have to face 
the 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 um the the option for them to reject you because that's very well that happens all the time you see in the court of law um where a person who's on trial for murder they get convicted and the family is in there they're very high there's some high emotions and they really just want this person to have the the death penalty right they want them to have electric chair they want they want all the worst things like you took our family member we want you gone right and so we've seen videos where the family is going nuts in the courtroom like to the point where they literally trying to jump over the the bench to get to the defendant and to attack them to look almost kill them right and so they'll say things they'll allow them to have on the courtroom the judge will allow family to sometimes say something like a final words right what would you like to say and they'll share their piece about how much they hate this person or how much and then there's other times where families are a little more lenient um they're more compassionate they're more gracious and merciful and saying, you know i don't wish death on you but you've taken our loved one right but that the, the incident takes place because this person has commit committed um a crime against a family right they've taken a relative um and i know this could be a triggering topic for some of us i won't stay here long but um they're 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 having to face a reality of something that they did right and there's a lot of times these people don't repent they don't they'll lie and say i don't remember or i i lost control of myself which sometimes that could be true um or you know they do remember and they're just they show no signs of remorse and that fuels the fire even more so it is important that not only that we repent but we repent with the intent to turn away from the action or the offense that we've caused someone else and so before uh you know, before allowing God to soften the blow of humility and presenting us with the opportunity to face our issues, sometimes we wrestle with it, right? Because repenting can be a hard war. It's an internal decision before it is an external provision, right? And so because it's an opportunity for us to sit with ourselves, sit with our faults, sit with the person that's across from us if we are in person, and if you're anything like me, it causes you to invite a moment of reflection on how you arrived to this point. It's a reminder it helps you to examine what patterns have impacted your poor decision making and what can be done to redirect the psychological or the psychology of human cycles because that's something we'll talk about a little more in depth too i do know that um, it's mostly easier to confess mild what we like to consider mild wrongdoing right something that was just a, a small offense but i think that i think it's kind of petty for us to to kind of put um scales um, and degrees on offense it doesn't matter uh how big or how small it was in our eyes it's all bad right it is all sin right so however when we are responsible for what we consider great offenses that can be considered embarrassing or extremely hurtful to those around us we tend to shy away from them even more right we'll sink into shame we'll rehearse the thoughts resonate with the thoughts of guilt shut people out shut down uh, we start we may start resenting ourselves resenting others and god start acting now to turn into road rage you you wonder why some people have road rage because they have a lot of internal wars going on a lot of hurt that they're dealing with um and a lot of it comes from you know a, a lot if, if we if we break it down those people have a tough time with rejection right they have a tough time being out, outside of their own control um, and so we tend to bury ourselves in unforgiveness when we're, we're when we're having to face uh, our reality in that moment. And actually, all of these things are a byproduct of our sim simple human nature. Um, again, thanks to Adam and Eve. And so, while it's in our nature, it's also unhealthy. It's unhealthy spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And it's a common ground of breeding deep stress 
depression, anxiety, and similar things. And sadly, uh, most people don't even realize how harmful the effects of bottling and internalizing our faults are instead of just facing them. I know from, from a humanistic perspective, it looks like it's harder to face it because you've done wrong and you don't want to accept that you've done wrong and you don't want to acknowledge to someone else that you've done wrong. You'd rather internalize and deal with it with yourself. But that's that's a harder road to climb because you're dealing with it in yourself. And sometimes you don't always have the answer. Sometimes you don't know, right? We don't always get it right. If you got it right, you would need to repent. Boom. So truth is we all grew up, right? But when God has called us, he's already factored in our stupidity. That's a quote I read on Instagram some months ago, which is so true. When God calls us, he factors in our stupidity. He already factored it in, right? He factored in our naivete, our negligence, and our ignorance. He factored all of those things in. He created us, so he already knew. Like, this is not coming to him as a surprise. Like, oh, wow, they suck at repentance. That's not, that's not something new for him, right? He's been dealing with this since Adam and Eve, right? The first people on earth that repentance. Um, and so we have more opportunities and we have access and understanding of more opportunities than they did, right? They were the guinea pigs. They were the start of this thing, right? So they taught us what we know um, in, in one way. However, we have evolved and we have more access to resources that can help us get to a point of reconciling and help us get to a point of repentance. And so God knew before we knew right? And he still loves us. He still loves us currently, and he will forever love us. And uh, he still presents endless opportunities for us to come to him and clean our hands in the blood of Jesus Christ. That was the whole point of Jesus coming, so that we could repent and turn away from sin and turn away from wrongdoings. And so I believe that the most unfair part about repentance is we don't mind being on the receiving end of someone approaching us for doing us wrong. However, we have a problem going to others. In fact, we will have endless conversations, send smoke signals, uh, pray for God to help them to come clean. We have a, a word. Uh, the, the preacher at church will be preaching, and you looking around to see if they, they resonated with what he said. And that, was, that word was for them. No, if you heard it, it was for you. You know, like we always trying to say what's for somebody else and, you know, sending quotes and memes. Um, and sometimes they're valid. And I, I do understand. I don't want to blanket everything under this umbrella of faultiness but sometimes um it is it is a need sometimes folks need reminders of hey you know this is i thought about you i remember your situation um in which you you had a, an incident with so-and-so or with someone or whatever you don't have to be specific and this i thought about you um and i felt like god was leading me to share this with you that's different than you saying you hear the preacher right it's, it's like you pouring salt on the wound and that's really not helping right there's a way to do it so that it ushers in a point of repentance, right? Because what you're doing when you're doing that is you're not ushering them to a point of repentance. You're condemning, right? You're you're just you you taking you taking the flashlight in the dark and pointing it in that person's eyes, saying, "Look at you being in the dark." <laughs> so this is it's it's a convenient yet it's also a blatant disregard for what the Bible teaches us in First Corinthians 13, where it says, "Love is patient." Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. So the hardest part, I believe, is uh, in this scripture is the first portion, the first stanza where it says, "Love is patient." That first, that first part is is true. Love is patient, but sometimes it's hard to be patient when people are constantly doing you wrong, um, and they constantly 
mistreating you, constantly lying to you, constantly playing in your face, constantly, you know, just playing with how gracious you, you may seem to be and how gracious you've been in the past and how kind your heart is because love is also kind. And it is very difficult sometimes because sometimes people were not raised to have that sort of approach to life. They go around just doing people wrong instead of, hey, I need to ensure that I'm doing people right, right? Because we know that what goes around comes around. So the things that you do to others is going to hit you 50 on the chest, right? You, you, you can't stop the heat from coming back. Karma is real right? What you do to others is certainly going to happen back to you. And you don't know how, and they say it comes 10 times worse, come 100 times worse. We don't, you don't really know how worse it can be. Um, I just don't want to be on the receiving end of that. And we all do things that are wrong. We're not perfect. We're human beings. However, we have to be intentional about doing things that are right, following the will of Christ and doing the things that he asks us to do and not self-sabotaging and self-seeking and self-serving um, in ways that are only beneficial to us, and they are temporarily beneficial. They have no long-term, uh, no long, long-term positive impact. It's more negative positive imp- or negative impacts than there are positive ones. And so the other part that that I find difficult is to keep no record of wrongs. Listen, we indeed, as human beings, and I know Black people for sure, because I'm Black, so I can only speak for my people, right? We love to keep record of everybody else's wrongs. Like literally, we will air out people's dirty laundry gossip, post subliminal Facebook and Instagram posts, posts and memes about every person that did us wrong since preschool. Like, we will do it, right? We'll call our auntie, our granny, guess what? Our, our mama or anybody that want to listen and that we feel like will validate how we feel and affirm our feelings. And sometimes our feelings are right, but sometimes we go too far, right? So you can't always trust your feelings, especially when someone has done you wrong. That's why it's important for us to go to Christ when someone has done us wrong, take the issues to him, lay our burdens at his feet because his are light and his yoke is easy, right? That is what we are called to do. We're called to do that. Take our issues, take our problems, our burdens to God because he cares enough for us more than anybody else, right? It's not about him choosing sides because we, he, he is lovers of both us and the offender, right? We don't want to hear that either. He loves them too and he loves them equally. It ain't a more or less basis. And so anybody or offends or hurts us, we feel like we need to have a little a little black book, a little mental black book of who owes us an apology and who owe us money, who owe us this. I have someone in my family that literally is 10 years on here, she's going to crack up laughing at me. But there's a person in our family that has like, keep these like little folders and notebooks of people that it ain't necessarily how they've done this person wrong, but it's a record of who owed them money and who needs to pay them back. And it's like, it's like little numbers next to it. It's like almost like a little ledger, right? Um, and it's like a hitman ledger, like, I need to ask this person, at some, and this person will bring it up at some point, like, you know, you owe me 75 cent, and this was, you. I gave you 75 cent, or you borrowed 75 cent on Tuesday, December 5th, 1954. I forgot about that 50 cent. And so instead of, you know, washing it away, um, they keep this little notebook, right? And it's, it is very petty, but at the same time, I understand, you know, when you have been a person who has had, who's been very guarded, when you're a person who has been wrong, you feel like you have to protect yourself. You have to do things that, that stand in the gap. Actually, that's not what God wants. He wants to be in the gap. He wants to um, fix us. He wants to regulate the things that we can't regulate ourselves. And so we know how many, we'll, t- we'll take account for how many months it's been, how many years it's been since they ain't apologized and how they've been acting funny since the issue happened 
and then we'll have check boxes by every name or every person we want to take to the king, but we refuse to take them to the throne. See how ridiculous it is? Like, we are so petty. And I think sometimes, like, I don't feel like God is always angry with us when we do things like this. Sometimes he laughs at our pettiness because he allows us to be petty. He could literally not give us the ability to be petty, but he allows us that free will to be petty. And sometimes it does feel good to be petty. No matter how wrong it is, I ain't even going to lie. Like, sometimes it feels so good to be a little petty, right? And so in these situations, we're constantly concerned with if this person will make it into heaven for shading us, right? That's so selfish. We find ourselves to be so saintly, right? But that's really selfishness because it doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with us. It's not our job to, to count how many souls um, are not going to heaven because they ain't apologized to us. How many have you not apologized? How many have you not repented to, right? And so when we're guilty and when we are to blame and when our hands are dirty, when we've kept our mouths on somebody else's struggle, it's a chore to repent. It's a chore to apologize. It's a chore to, to fess up. It's a chore to go to that person and say, look, I know I wronged you. You may not even remember this because sometimes people, the other person don't even remember. It's been so long and it was not even on that person's meter. You will find it. Sometimes you will apologize for things that that person literally did throw away in the sea of forgetfulness. They, it wasn't, it didn't matter to them. It wasn't that serious. Everybody's not low and petty and keeping all records of your wrongs. And so you'll find it sometimes when that person was like, no, I didn't remember that, but I forgive you. And, you know, all love for coming to me and, 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 and writing that wrong. And it, it, it can create a level of reconciliation that you didn't even know you needed for yourself because that's really what forgiveness and repentance for. It is to show ourselves that we can overcome sin, that we can overcome the evil vials and ways of the world and our fleshly values, right? Because our fleshly values do not reflect the values of Christ. And so in these situations when we feel like it's a chore to forgive, when we feel like it's a chore to um, walk in repentance. It's a it's a it's a chore to to go to a person. We'll immediately become so self righteous and conveniently forget or delay repenting. And for some people, it's lower than molasses about reconciling. Right? That's not always on people. Some people are like, look, one and done. I used to be one of those people, a one and done type of person. Um, I don't care what it was. If you ate my gum, um, and I'm not coming to you to say you ate my gum because you know you ate my gum. So period. You need to come to me and apologize and give me a whole pack for the one you the one you ate without asking. And as an adult, now I realize that that was rooted in um, some things that happened in my childhood that caused me to be very guarded and wanting to demand my way of respect, wanting to. Um, I was taken advantage of in a lot of situations emotionally um, as a child, and so that I, I grew up like holding on to things that were mine. If they were my, if like, if it was my opinion, I'm holding on to my opinion. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, you're going to hear my opinion as an adult. Um, but I would hold on to it, meaning I would, I would, I would, I would let stuff pile up. And then the, the right moment, I'm going to let you have it. And I don't even have to cuss you out. I know how to, I know how to let you have it with, with using some words that are seasoned very well that I hurt you so bad. Um, and so I'm coming out of that season. Sometimes I still have a, have a, I've had my way. Right. But that was rooted in some painful um, encounters with people that were older than me, people that should have um, cared for me, um, people that were in my family that I loved and I looked up to them, but they took advantage of me. And so I would, I would, I would, I would, it would you took my gum? Okay, cool. I'm not going to forget that. To this day, I know who took $10 from me and spent it on weed instead of buying me McDonald's like they were supposed to. To this day. Okay, this is, this is, this is a real story, y'all. Like, at three years old, someone in my family, two people in my family, they went on a, a, a weed spree, 
And they took my $10 that I had as a child and said, we're going to McDonald's. But what they wouldn't did is they bought trees, and then they come back with no McDonald's. Well, at that point, um, I had a, I understood that I was a very interesting child, very wise, very smart, and I found out how to manipulate people who were older than me. And so I ended up manipulating them into sorrow, right, in that, in that just like that. I mean, I went, I'm not even going to say what I did but I manipulated them so bad to this day. They remember like they haven't, they didn't, after that, they didn't take from me again. I'm going to just put it like that. And so some of us refuse to reconcile. We since reconcile, but some of us refuse to reconcile. We, for, we forget, um, we, we forget how um, we would like for those things to happen for us, but we are not always willing to give them to other people. And then depending on the personal grade, we give the issue. We'll put an A on all our assignments, but get, give everybody an F right? Oh, my situation is little and it's time for me to forgive, um, but their situation is greater, right? It's, it's more intense. It's more, it's, it's more to swallow. It's more to, I, I don't think I could just forgive for that because that was just, you, you don't understand, like, and God is not calling people to understand. He's calling people to repent at the end of the day. And so don't worry, I got scripture for that too. I'm, I got scripture for everything because you're not going to argue with me and tell me that this ain't word-based and that this is not what God has called us to. So Romans 3 and 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. All, we know that word has three letters, A-L-L. A stands for apple. L stands for, no, I'm just kidding. All of us have come short. We are not tall enough to reach God. We are not tall enough to reach the glory of God. The glory has to come to us until we are in our rightful place in our heart and we can go to the glory. Um, and so this means what I've done. And um, it, it, this, this really just this translates into what I've done and the things that are pertaining to you and what you've done uh, to me. It's not even about me, right? We all fail. In some way, one to another, we are all foul. There's no bigger, greater, it, about it that's that's just it, it is what it is and it's real but it's sad um how we desire god's grace to frequently visit our bedside and permeate our deepest darkest portions of our hearts that will hide from others right and then rush uh the lord through his own bylaws uh but can't spell grace when it's someone else at fault right we'll run to the throne quickly god forgive me god forgive me we use that so quickly to get out of situations and not really mean it right that is not a heart of repentance that is uh, hypocrisy, right? God, I ain't, I ain't gonna do it again. God forgive me. God forgive me. Get me out of this one, right? We want to say that quickly to to um, to disassociate from an act that we've done that we shouldn't have done and we know we shouldn't have. But then when it comes with somebody else, eh, we slow, right? We moving, we were dragging our feet, right? What your mama used to say when you was moving to yourself, quit dragging your feet. We do that, and it's not fair. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be known as someone who apologizes quickly and forgives without question than to be someone who walks around hurting people and expecting forgiveness from them. You can't expect nothing from other people. What we can do is expect God to be God. That's it. All the other things, let it go because it's not worth it, especially if you can put yourself in that person's shoes and consider, really put yourself in those shoes. Not if I was them, that's not putting yourself in someone's shoes. You putting yourself in someone else's shoes is saying me being them, like if I was in their position right? It is not if I was in their shoes, if I was in their position, it's actually entertaining the thought of if you were in their position, of being in their position, not what you would do if you were in their position, but what they would do if you were in their position. And so honestly, that's just a poor reflection. 
not only of Christianity, but a poor reflection of our moral compass. Um, everyone else's sin has degrees of maximized disappointment, but ours just ain't that bad, right? We'll effortlessly compare sin by the wages of all, but the wages of, of for all sin is death, right? If we allow our hearts to rest there, that's that's our ultimate, that's the, that's, that's the payback, right? You want to keep a ledger of who owes you, you want to, you want to, um, you know, you you don't want to repent. You don't want to offer forgiveness. You don't want to reconcile. You don't want to do these things that God has called us to. Then guess what? The wages of sin is death, right? If we don't, if we don't agree, we don't get aligned with what God requires of us. That's what our wages are. That's what we get paid with. That's how you get your money back. You get it in hell, and that sucks. So that's not something that we want to do. That's not something we want to experience. So we have to be intentional. Um, and we have to stop puncturing the problem, right? God desires for us to be more intentional of considering ourselves and facing who we are um, so that repentance becomes a practice posture instead of a periodical prayer, right? Periodical prayer is, oh, every now and then I'm going to pray this prayer. But a practice posture, a practical pro- uh, posture is one that, uh, one that understands wrong and one that commits to turning away. And if you don't like repenting, be more intentional with loving the way God loves. It, it, it seems more difficult, but it's actually easier than hurting people and easier than having to constantly repent. So stop just doing heck of stuff that requires repentance, pretty much, right? So Martin Luther, again, not Martin Luther, Martin Luther the King, Martin Luther, uh, the theologian once said, to do so no more is the truest repentance. I couldn't agree more. None of us are perfect, but in our imperfections, we can certainly love better without rhyme or reason. And Again, don't worry, I got support, supporting verses for that as well. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Meaning, if you do something wrong, go to that person. And sometimes, if they've done you wrong, you can still go to that person. But you can't offer God your best. Um, when you've not done your best, right, to forgive others, when you've not reconciled with those who are around you, whom you've hurt. And so when we begin to take account for how unforgiveness and lack of confession sabotages and robs the rights to gifts God has given us, then we see things from a whole other perspective. It starts to hit different and we realize the value in coming clean, right, because there's so much value. You feel better. You feel more relieved. Um, your heart is less heavy. You sleep better. You're less angry. You're less agitated. you less snappy. You ain't got no real rage, right? When you have a heart of forgiveness and a heart of repentance. And I definitely don't want to live a life that God constantly rejects anything I'm responsible for presenting before him. I want my words. I want my prayers. I want my life, my intentions, and everything about me to smell like a sweet fragrance unto the Father. And then that allows me to invite him into a clean space to rest inside of my heart. So I'm coming to a close, but how do we commit to living a life of repentance? Well, it looks like Repentance consists of pursuing a total change, not to be confused with 360 degrees, but a 360 degree turn actually puts you right back where you started. You hear a lot of people say, you got to make a 360. No, that person is, no, I'm not going to say the word I was going to say, but 360 is not accurate, right? That's not an example of progression. That's an unhealthy cycle. Um, a 180-degree turn, turn gives you a new perspective. It's a fresh start, and it shows an intentional change of direction. And to help paint a picture, think about when you're driving and you get to a roundabout in the road. If you, get, if you go around a roundabout and complete a 360-degree turn, you'll end up where you came from. 
But if you follow the GPS that says, at the roundabout, take the second exit, you'll realize you're at the right path and the right direction to get to your destination. But then you have a verse of people who do something I did one time, which was, and this is a true story, y'all. I entered a roundabout. I had GPS on. And I just kept going around the roundabout for five minutes. It was like five minutes because I couldn't understand which one was the second exit, okay? I was simply just overthinking and overanalyzing. This is a real life story. It was so embarrassing. And I had somebody in the car with me. Um, and so imagine how crazy I looked for just, I just continued to go around and around. You know, when other people are coming in, they're supposed to yield to the car that's already in the roundabout. Dude, they were, it was cars just sitting there looking like, what is going, it looked like I was going, hitting a donut in slow motion. And the person I was in the car with was like, are you crazy? Like, get off the, like, you need to take the exit. And I was like, I don't know which one. Because the GPS at this point, because I didn't take it, the GPS started further confusing me, right? So it kept saying, take the roundabout, take, take the second exit. And I'm like, the second exit from where I am, like, what is that? really look like roundabouts really are for me if you're any anybody like me who's very analytical that can be really confusing and so from that point forward it, it has even to this day I get really tense when I get to a roundabout in an area that I'm not familiar with like if it's a roundabout I've never um, approached before I'm not sure if the second exit is one two or if it is one two once I get in the zone if that makes sense so repentance also has three phases as a change of the mind, which we, we acknowledge the error, a change of the heart, uh, which we adjust how we feel, right? And then a change of the will, which is adjusting behaviors or actions that result in the need to repent, right? So to do this, we can consistently work on ourselves and give the Father the space to create in us a clean heart and renew his right spirit in us, constantly allowing him to cleanse and restore us from the inside out. So Matthew, this is my last scripture and I'm done. Matthew 12 and 41 closes out with this um, in reference to uh, Jonah and Nineveh. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So remember I told uh, the recap of the story of Jonah and how um, he, uh, he neglected to do what God called him to do in the beginning. And so he went through all of these things that he didn't have to go through. Um, essentially, he ended up having to go through because it refined him, right? It gave him a new perspective because he was going in a roundabout like me, right? And so um, he, when he obeyed, the, the people obeyed. They repented. They turned away from their wicked ways and they chose Christ. And so I want, I want to end with this. Someone's answer prayer is dependent upon your yes. And what I mean by that is whatever that we have, um, we, we are on a mission to do, um, whatever others are on a mission to do, um, it, a lot of times we, we forget how much value and how much, um, how, much how, how important it is for us to commit to doing the things that God instructs us to do. Yes, we're supposed to repent. That's, it should be a lifestyle for us, especially as Christians. We are, we are supposed to repent. But we are not supposed to intentionally do things that cause us to a point of repentance. Every day we should not be intentionally doing things that we know we shouldn't be doing, needing to go to the throne for repentance, needing to always ask for forgiveness from people constantly. It's like, do you ever do anything right, bro? You know, like we should be able to make better decisions. Repentance should lead us to the point of making better decisions. So to this day, I make better decisions than a roundabout. I listen to the DPS before I even get there. And I don't overthink, I don't tense up, I don't start overanalyzing, I just turn the radio down, I don't know where I'm going, 
and slowly take the roundabout. Um, and I don't get intimidated by the other cars that are yielding to me. I don't get intimidated by the other cars that are also in the roundabout with me. I don't uh, destroy their direction because I don't know where I'm going. There's an intentional an intentionality that we must live by because we impact those around us. And so if people, as we lead, we will realize and we'll understand that our um, our yes impacts the lives around us. And there's people that are waiting on us to commit and submit to Christ um, so that they have an urgency for repentance. They have a foundation of repentance. They have a lifestyle that that they have a desire in their heart to say, hey, look, I want to do something different. I, I, I didn't I didn't used to forgive. I didn't used to repent. I didn't used to, you know, um, ask for a person to forgive me. I didn't, I never approached uh, an apology. You know, I'm always cussing people out and I'm used to being the person in road rage, cutting people off and not being gracious and merciful that that person could have a disability or that person may, um, may be afraid or timid on the freeway or whatever. Like those are things that we should think about instead of always rushing to judgment. We think the world evolves around us. We think the world revolves around us, but it does not. God's word is God's word, and he expects us to live a life of repentance and have a posture of repentance. And so I'm going to close this out with a quick prayer, and then we'll move on with the rest of um, our our day here with uh, the rest of the segment. So, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you that uh, what you say is forever settled. We thank you for the clarity and the attempt to uh, define and redefine the things that you've already laid the foundation for. We thank you that the foundation was laid. We thank you that we have a greater insight on your word and what you have set for us. I thank you that uh, the, the mold has been broken and that those who are struggling, if they're on this line, I speak to those who are who are actively struggling with a heart of repentance, of repentance a posture of repentance, one that has not been so easy, easily approached to say, God, I ask you to forgive me, but not only will I ask you to forgive me, but those who I've hurt, those who I've harmed, those who I may have not done anything to, but they see it that I've done something to them. I should be able to be mature. I should be uh, Christian enough in my ways to um, acknowledge them and how they feel and that their feelings are valid and that I should approach them and seek out uh, reconciliation and through repentance. And so, Father, we thank you for changes of heart. We thank you for changes of mind and changes of approach. We thank you for creativity, even now, God. Yes, Lord. We thank you for the ability to be creative in our approach to each person, that everybody does not accept things the same way, that we're all unique. And so, God, I ask that you would impart in us and give us the creativity to approach each situation of repentance differently so that we are sensitive to those that we need uh, to repent to and those that we need to receive repentance from, that we are creative and we we are open and we are receptive to what you have for us. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. So we're going to open up the call for those who may have come on late um, and didn't get a chance to say good morning. Um, we're going to first start with the gentleman. If there's any gentleman on the line that would like to say good morning, now is the opportunity. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Going once going twice. Y'all a little quiet. Okay, so guys don't want to say good morning or are they busy. So we're going to open up the call for a first morning, time in a long time. Oh, look, there's somebody. Hi, good morning. God bless you all. God bless you too. Good morning. Good morning. All right, any other gentlemen that want to say good morning? All right, no, so then we're going to move on to first time in a long time, or if this is your very first time, 
and you want to say good morning, uh, this is the opportunity to say good morning. Good morning. Somebody breathing, so they waiting for their turn. No? All right. All right, so we're going to open up the call for everybody. Anybody want to say good morning? If you have said good morning already or you just want to say it again, this is the time. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. This is Carla. Great declaration. Good morning, Carla. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Ms. Leomia. Good morning. Declaration. Absolutely. Thank you. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, Sister Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, good morning, Krishanda. Good morning, Pamela. Good morning, Krishanda. I enjoyed your declaration. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you as well. Good morning. Great declaration. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Miss B. Good morning, good morning. Declare victory. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning. Mercy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Mia. Good morning. How are you? Good, Raven. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning. That's glorious. Thank you, Raven. Good morning, Gloria. Thank you. Good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, Lord Mercy. Good morning. I love you, girl. Thank you for that good word. Morning. Absolutely. Good morning. Good morning. This is Mary. Good morning. Good morning. This Mary. is Mary. Hi, Hi, thank you for that declaration. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, That was just really, I want to say, it was just so down to earth. It it just hit home very easily and smoothly. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning, this is Good morning. This is PR Powerful Decoration. Thank you. Good morning to you. Anybody else want to say good morning before we move on? All right. So we're going to move on to our love, life, and victory portion of the call where we're able to uh, interact with each other, share thoughts, share reflections, share um, if you had a revelation or you just want to piggyback or a refresh of something that um, was, was stated or, you know, this is a time for us to kind of, you know, um, to interact with each other and to have a, a moment of clarity. If something was unclear, I don't mind explaining or what have you. Um, so we're going to open up that portion of the call. Um, I first want to say, I'll reiterate this, and this will go into a question. So um, in relationship to repentance, okay, so I stated this, that repentance has three phases, a change of the mind, which is acknowledging the error. Um, It's the first step to repentance is admitting you're wrong, right? Uh, The second phase is change of the heart, which means readjusting your posture and how you feel um, about the um, the error, right? And then the third thing is a change of the will, meaning you're adjusting your behavior, your actions that resulted in the need to actually repent. 
So of these three phases, what is one of the phases that you feel like you struggle with the most? Is it the change of the mind, the change of the heart, or the change of the wheel? And so I'm going to open up the floor right now. In reference to the three phases of repentance, what do you find to be most difficult for you? Hi, Ray. It's, it's Auntie Didi. I'll, you know what? Thank you, uh, Little Mercy. This is such a good way to start this Monday off on the MLK, and I hope some of y'all know y'all Martin Luther King speeches. But for me, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I honestly, we we would deal with the forgiveness piece because it ties into repentance too. And because mm-hmm. I, I, my heart, the way that it's set up, because when I love, I love the heart. So when mm-hmm, that hurt mm-hmm. comes in, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, you, you, you know, they were supposed to get you McDonald's and they took your money. So that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, a lot of my stuff is childhood stuff. But Bishop Brown yep. said something last night that made me think about it. We always say, oh, it's generational curses and things. But no, it's not. It's just bad no. behavior that it affects yep. us. So it makes it hard yep. sometimes to repent. Not, not, it don't make it hard to repent, but to release that, right? We can say, oh, yeah, yeah I've forgiven that person. I don't, but we can't forget because mm-hmm. we have minds unless we have Alzheimer's yeah. or dementia. We, dementia. Mm-hmm. We'll remember the offense. Like you said, yep. you can remember something when you were three. I remember stuff when yeah. I was so young. When I bring it up to my mom and my siblings, they're like, that happened? Yeah. But right. I know my heart, right? So yeah. I have to, yeah. I have to repent on a regular basis and say, God, you take that. So I'm not holding Mm -hmm. on to it. I'm not Mm -hmm. holding grudges for real because it's easy to say that we've let something go, but to Mm -hmm. really do that, that takes a work Mm -hmm. and it takes a will. So I thank you for saying that. We have to want it no matter what we say, that we're changing our mind and our heart postures change, but to really do that, it's it's a real thing. So I thank you so much. You got to fight for it. We have the right to it, but we got to fight for it. We got to fight for it because it's, you're fighting. You're you fight. You're fighting. The spirit man is fighting the flesh because the flesh wants don't want to forget nothing. We want to keep a, a record of every wrong, right? I don't care. <clears throat> excuse me. If it was that ten dollars, right? Like it, we want to keep a record of it, and it, and and it's it's very important for us to, like you said, like give it away. Like it doesn't belong to us. <clears throat> excuse me. Because at the end of the day, the things that have offended us, things that were done against us, it was not even about us. It just happened to us. And we've taken on that cloak, um, and we've we've covered ourselves in a cloak of unforgiveness. Um, we've covered ourselves in a cloak of of not. Yes, we don't forget. However, we are triggered to remember when something happens that reminds us of that thing. That's how our minds work. Our minds work on. We say all the time, "I'm triggered." We use that sometimes as a as a crutch, and I hate it these days. You know, one person reads one psychology quote, and everybody just be turns turns into psychologists. But we our our minds. Our, our our memories are very, very important. Um, and I, I'm going to say this and now I'm going to move on. Uh, there was a story of a lady who um, was mean to an elephant. I know y'all seen this online. And that elephant went by and stomped on her grave. He like found her grave and stomped on it because the mind, they say that the minds of elephants are, they remember everything. Um, and so he did, she did him wrong. And so he went and pretty much in quote, he peed on her grave. Um, you know, and so the mind is diff- the mind is a very special place, and we have to find the space to take hold of things that give us good memories. But the things that don't, we can we still remember them. But we have to we choose what we do with those memories. Do we use it as lessons of learning, or do we use it as a, a point to reopen wounds of the sin? Right. So 
Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Anybody else want to share? Hey, Ray and Shell. Um, hey, Shell. Uh, yeah. Hey, I would say mine would be sometimes um, change of the mind. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, we talked about one, we talked about the scripture of Matthew 5 and 23 and 24. Um, mm-hmm. He said, leave your gift. He didn't care what you look like, who yep. you are. Yep. He said, bring your gift to me. He didn't care. He don't mm-hmm. care who you are, what status mm-hmm. you got, what you did back yep. then. Leave it here and go yep. get the relationship back with mm-hmm. whoever you have a disagreement with. And it made yeah. me think about um, when I lived in this place and I had a neighbor above me and she would do things mm-hmm. just to spite me, you know, like turn the music up loud at one in the morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I never kind of did anything to her, but mm-hmm. I, one day the Lord woke me up and he was like, I need for you to go apologize to her. And I was like, oh, she yeah. owed me an apology. <laughs> I don't yeah. owe her nothing. Yeah. And a lot of times we try to reason with God because mm-hmm. of what we think or how we think. But a lot of yep. times he know he's Alpha and Omega. So he knows the yep. beginning and the end. He knows mm-hmm. what she needed. And and I said, Why well, I, I don't even live there no more. So I ain't gonna see her. I don't even got to worry about that. Mm-hmm. If you saw me through a door, okay. Um, but lo and behold, you know, we think we, we, we can get away scot free. We ain't gonna see him because yep. we don't live by no more. Yep. But that same day the Lord put her right in the same building where I was mm. and I was just like okay see so you funny and I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything but be obedient and as I apologized mm-hmm. to her I said I don't know why so I'm gonna be real honest I don't know why I'm apologizing to you I said but the mm-hmm. Lord told me that I needed to apologize and she began to break down and cry and tell me that you just don't know what that means so we mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't know what God's plan mm-hmm. is but the plan yeah. for us to be obedient is the plan that we should be obedient, you know, to confess yeah. and repent those things. Um, you, yeah. you made me laugh. You always made me laugh. I was like, I wonder did Jonah speak well, like like um like Dory. You look like Dory. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I know we feel right. <laughs> Yeah, we got kids. We have to probably watch that movie over and over again. And then another thing that I thought about, I thought about last night, and I just said, okay, well, let me leave my gifts here. Let me tell Bree Bree that I love her and I forgive her for giving me up to a sacrifice to the apostle. (laughs) Because let me tell you, Bree, the Holy Spirit hovered with me all night. So for whatever reason, I thank you. I was just like, did she just point and give me up to the man of God? And I was trying to stay out of his way. But I thank you for, for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit told you. I was just trying to work the altar with you, sis. That's it. But I thank God that you are obedient and we work together. And that whatever it was that needed to be broken off me was broken last night. Whatever door that needed to be open was open last night, and whatever door was closed, I received it all. So I thank you. I thank you. Sometimes we'd be like, oh, my God. But I thank God for the move that he did, not just yet last night, but yesterday throughout the day. So I love you. Thanks. That's great, you. great, great, great share, Ray. Thank you so much, Shell. Anybody else want to share? Anybody yeah, Raven. Hi, good hearing your voice. Um, um, out of the three that you said, I want to say my heart. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my heart. And um, mm-hmm. as I was um, sitting here pondering, 
sometimes it's not the person. It's 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 you. It's me. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I take it the wrong way. They may not yeah. mean no harm, but because of mm-hmm. my heart and and like uh, one of the sisters says, they love hard. And because mm-hmm. I love hard and, and because I want ooh, things to go my way. Yeah. And when it's not supposed to go my way, it's supposed to go God's way. Yes. So yes. The, it's the heart that really... Ooh, works as is um God is working in me. And it's like every time I get on declare victory line, I come um I'm happy and I hear it. I don't leave sad or depressed mm-hmm. but I leave because every time someone speaks, he's talking to me because he's changing he's yeah. changing my heart. He's changing me to who he wants me to be, and yeah. it's tough. It's um like, like um, Dion said, you know, it's a it's a process, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I can't wait to get to where you want me the to be. But I can't process. rush him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I cannot rush him. Mm-hmm. He's he's working on his own time, and yeah, it's the heart. So, and I thank you That's for good. sharing. Yeah. Miss your voice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I find it to be difficult to um, sometimes, it, you know, I don't care how deep you are. I don't care how saved you are. Little, big, small, medium. Sometimes it's very hard to discern your will um, and its differentiation from the will of the Father. And so sometimes we think that we get, we'll get the lines crossed and we'll think that what our desires are reflect his, and we never even asked him what his will is for us, what he wanted us to do. And so in turn, we'll be saying what, what our expectations of our, of, of, are of others um, in relationship to how we want them to be toward us, how we want them to repent to us. And it's really like we didn't even go to God and say, God, what do you want for me? Because I can't go to God for you. That's not my job. I can pray for you. And I can go to the throne on your behalf, but I can't go to God for you. Meaning when I get to the gate, I have no accountability for you. It's me and me alone, right? And so it's very viable and it's very important. Um, and it's very, um, it's very, very, very high key for us to pay attention to our own, our own hearts, right? Our own, uh, uh, our own heart's posture. And it's like, okay, God, what do you want for me? Is this your will for me or is this my will for me, Right. In, in certain situations, our judgment gets very cloudy because of how we grew up, our family of origin, and the experiences, the trauma, the uh, things that we've endured as children, even as in early adulthood, and all the offenses that have taken place against us. And sometimes, like somebody said earlier, it ain't always – something that has happened to us is not always how we perceive it. Sometimes it really was just an error on that person's fault on that person's um in that person's way like it, it they didn't intentionally intend to hurt us it was the way we perceived it and it was through the lens of what we've experienced in the past and so when you come to a point of repentance and you come to God and say God create in me a clean heart and renew your right spirit in me and give me uh, the urgency and the platform to go to that person so that we can work this thing out you'll come to find out that that wasn't what they intended and then you you you'll, your heart will begin to release um, the things that were binding you up because when we have, when we harbor things, what it is is we're saying, 
yes to being bound, right? We're saying yes, that this rope or that this wire can wrap us of unrepentance, of, un, of not, non, non, or conflict resolution, like we will not accept conflict resolution. We are binding our arms, we're binding our mouths, we are, we are binding everything that we have, and we're wrapped up in this thing. And then if there's another person that has offended us that we refuse to, or we've uh, offended someone and we've not repented, or we haven't gone to that person, or we refuse reconciliation, there's another one wrapped around us. So all of these things, you have to look at it as all of these things are binding us up, and it is only God's hand and God's power and God's spirit and his might that can unravel these things. And it is not him cutting the rope. It is not him cutting the line. It is him unwrapping us. It is that process that we talked about. It's a process. It is a process, and it is just turning us and turning us, and it's not it is not uh, it, it is not a roundabout experience. Like there's going to be some, some times where he's turning us a little slower than others. It's like a rotisserie chicken. The chicken ain't going to fully cook. If you just spin it and spin it five times in five minutes, it takes, some, it takes some time. And so when God is trying to refine us, it takes time. It's a process. It, it is very difficult. It can be painful because it causes him to strip away areas in which we've been holding on to that we don't want to let go. And sometimes you realize, I really just didn't want to let that go. So thank you for that. Anybody else want to share uh, what their, um, out of the, the three points or three phases of repentance, a change, a change of the mind, which is acknowledging error, a change of the heart, which is adjusting how we feel, um, and then a change of the will, which is adjusting behaviors or actions that resulted in the need to repent. So which, which of those you find to be the hardest for you? Hi. Hi. Um, this is Janet. Uh, Hi, I just want to say um, thank you very much. Um, I, I genuinely, I always like um, when you give your declarations. But today mm-hmm. was genuinely special to me because um, God woke me up at four this morning, and I've had mm-hmm. a lot of my heart pertaining to a situation with one of my church sisters, and. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that you said and every declaration and every um, testimony that was spoken after has um, blessed me this morning. Um, thank you so very much. Thank you. Like, you just don't even know what you just did for me. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks. Absolutely. Absolutely. God has his way with us. However, he got to get, get it through to us. Sometimes it does require us waking up hours earlier, hours that we really would, could be sleeping and resting and getting, pre- getting prepared for the, for the you know, rising as a later in the day. But sometimes it's necessary because it, he, he needs to do it when he knows he can have our full attention. And so I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing that because um, you're not the only one. It happens to all of us. God wakes me up at random times at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I have to jot down things or I just have to pray and release tension in my mind and, you know, just ask God to you know, whatever it is you woke me up for, let's work on it. You know, I'm I'm here. Let's work on it together. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Anybody else want to share? Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. Anybody else want to share? You want to share something or you want to respond to the prompt? Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Um, I love your sound this morning, and it's just so good to hear you on the call, and um, 
your declaration was just amazing. Um, for me, it's always, uh, well, not always, but um, it's changing the will. Um, mm-hmm. I can be very stubborn and set in mm-hmm. my ways um, mm-hmm. when, you know, like like you, I've been hurt throughout life along the way mm-hmm. from, by people who I trusted. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes it's hard to um, relinquish that and mm-hmm. change, you know, my will to to change it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I know with the power of God and I know what he, you know, um, has for me, what he's promised me. And so because of that, um, I always try to yield my will. But I think in the past, mm-hmm. I've always been very stubborn and hard mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. um, not not be so quick to change my will. Um, yeah. And and still, I have those moments where, you know, it's difficult, where it's kind of like, yeah. no, I'm right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, they wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that was wrong. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I'm not going to repent. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not going to, you know, right. like, I was the one who was right in the situation, yep. you know. Um, but, um, yeah, so thank you so much for your declaration. You. Um, you sound amazing this morning, and I just thank love you to life. Thank you. Love you, too. I love you so much. You said something that really hit home, and that is, you know, the stubbornness. I'm very stubborn. I find that sometimes that is very difficult for me, too. Like, using the wrong or, like, I will hold on to, okay, so I I grew up with a spirit of vengeance, okay? If you did me wrong, I'm going to get you back. And it don't have to be, like, nothing deadly. Like, I would do some, I was very uh, mischievous, and I would find a way, like, I would wipe a booger on the back of your neck, and you didn't know. I know it's petty, but you guys work with me. I was a child, and that is that was that was my childlike version of getting people back. Like I'm not gonna stab you, but I'm gonna do something where I am satisfied in uh, how I feel, um, and then I would just let it go. And in in my mind, I'm chuckling for ten years later, like that booger I wiped on the back of their neck because they hit me or they did, you know, like. And so I walked through life just kind of peddling in my um, in my behavior in that way because I was really stubborn. I didn't want to, it was like, yeah, you did me wrong. Like, so that's what you get, you know? And sometimes I'm very, I can be a little callous in that way with my kids. And I can, you know, my, I have four kids and, and, you know, my husband or I may tell them to do something and they don't do it and then they get hurt. And it's like, well, that's what you get. You should have listened. And I know sometimes they don't want to hear that, but sometimes they need to hear it because, when you do wrong, wrong is going to come to you, or it may not be wrong coming back to you, but you may, uh, you may, um, you may experience a level of pain um, based on something that you did, and it could be something completely disassociated. And I think that sometimes we put degrees on things, and we think that it's going to come back in the same way. It don't always come back the same way. You know, a lot of times people say things like, um, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, sin is not always. Uh, the result or um, things that happen to us are not always a result of sin. And I hear me out. I am one that completely disagrees. Um, sin is the reason why wrong is here, right? And so in the event that we do things, we don't know how it's coming back. We don't, right? So at, sometimes it is a result of things that we've done 20 years ago. Yes, we've been forgiven, but that does not mean we will not reap what we sow. 
that does not exonerate us from reaping what we sow. That is why it's good for us to repent and turn away, meaning changing our behavior, changing our mind, changing our heart posture, changing how we feel, changing how we approach error, and changing how we, uh, the behaviors that we've exhibited that were not um, posturous towards the Father, right? They weren't positive. And so it's very important for us to do that. And so, um, like I said, as a kid, I struggled with that so much. Um, I always, it, it, was ven- it wasn't vengeance is mindset the Lord, it was vengeance is mindset the rain. Like, it was, it was that bad. And sometimes I struggle even still to this day uh, with that. Like, I was a prankster, and so if you did something, I'm going to find a prank to get you back. Like, it was just, that was me. I was going to have the last laugh. Um, and so what I, what I, I'm, I'll say this thing, and then I'm, I'm finished. But um, I found that as an adult, it is translated into something different. What it looks like to me as an adult is, um, yes, a person has done something against me, but instead of sometimes me giving it to the father, I feel like I have to justify uh, my actions towards it, my attitude, because sometimes it's not a thing. Sometimes it's how we feel toward that person. Our heart's posture toward that person gets salty because they've done something to us 10 years ago and we haven't gone to them about it, right? So it's not always a physical thing. Sometimes it is just internal wars that we, we have not laid down before the father. So anybody else want to share? Hey, Ray. Hey. Um, you you said something I had to think about when you talked about wiping boogers on wiping boogers on people they didn't know, <laughs> because that my brother who is he's fifteen months older than me, right? And mm-hmm. uh, my sister Gordon and I kind of talked about just birth order. So because I'm the youngest, and he was so I guess devastated when my mom brought home this baby girl that like I grew mm-hmm. up until I was like ten thinking I was a boy because he mm-hmm. was training me to fight and to do stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when you said that, I'm like, that's why he's so petty. Even now at, at 57 and we're 56, mm-hmm. we still have that that brother sister banter, and um, mm-hmm. he'll do stuff like, oh, when you mm-hmm. said that, I was like, that's what's wrong with him. But I also learned that. When you said it, the the, the um, uh, I think Pamela might have spoke of it too, the stubbornness to let stuff mm-hmm. go because you want to mm-hmm. get that person back, right? Yeah, that's yeah. something that we as believers we don't think that we do that, but we do. Yeah. you know, even yeah. when we pray, if you listen, sometimes I'm very careful of who I share stuff with because you're not mm-hmm. about to pray myself back on me in that tone. You know what I'm so you got, you know, you, you got to be careful. Yeah. And this yeah. walk is real. You can walk around mm-hmm. and, and, and have the look that you got it all together. You're not holding stuff in. But I bet you every mm-hmm. person on this call, if they were real today, and I always say in your ministry, sit a little while today and think about some stuff or some people yeah. or some places in your heart that you think you got it because you can quote them good old scriptures, I guarantee mm-hmm. you it'll come to you, right? Yep. I, I think so. Yep. so. Mm-hmm. I love you for that, but oh, your yeah. petty self. That's that's probably. But <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm, 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 I'm trying to be I'm better. Last. No, but let me tell you how petty I used to be, and that's why now yeah. I've learned to not see. I, I'm a fighter, like physically, and I'm gonna get yeah, you if, if I have to yeah, stay up all night. Yeah. So he had to change me. So now I just stop talking. So I don't yeah, say something crazy, yeah. and I don't yeah. these hands because yeah. I, I will fight in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I had to learn not to do that. So y'all keep praying mm-hmm. for me because I ain't all the way delivered. Okay, look, pray for, we look, pray for one. We gonna pray one for another because look, I, I need a little bit too. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? Hey, 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 this is glorious. Good Hi, morning Gloria. again. Hey, hey, I'm um the um the thing that I thought about for me it would be behavior. But mm-hmm. as I as I think about it and look at how God works, 
I may I may be acting out or not acting according to where my stubbornness is in my behavior, but then mm-hmm. God is always doing the run through through it through all three cycles. Yep, yep, my, yep. My Absolutely. I was emotion. waiting on somebody so to say always, that. Yes. Yeah, it's always a a sick a sick uh, a re re um readdressing all three, mm-hmm. all my life, all yeah. the time, mm-hmm. and it will continue for the rest of my life. So yeah. I appreciate him for that, and I appreciate yeah. you being you making it very clear that as believers we are always addressing all three in order for us mm-hmm. to uh, be in the will of the Father because that's yeah. what he wants and that's what he, yeah. he's going to get. So thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. I was, I was, waiting what, Gloria, I, was that. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing, Gloria, because um, when I was um, hearing her speak back, I was like, you know what? I guess really it's all three because I get in my head and then they damage mm-hmm, my heart mm-hmm. and they, you know, mm-hmm. like, then my will gets like really stubborn and that's how I get yeah. stubborn is because you know it's like my heart is broken I'm now in my head thinking about what you did mm-hmm. and yeah so it is all three yeah yeah and then you think about the seasons of your life in certain seasons you have a stronger will to be faced with unforgiveness you know if you're in a season of your life where people have just constantly constantly hurt you you're more apt to probably, even if you love hard, and it's probably because you love hard, um, you're more apt to be like, Ugh, you know, I'm tired of this. Why does this keep happening to me, God? You know, I'm going to just shut down. Or like, I'm going to just shut down. Like, I just, I can't do this anymore. Um, with dealing with people like this, send me somebody that ain't so hard to deal with. But typically, we're all hard to deal with at some point. But it's, it's sometimes in certain seasons, one is harder than the other. But at some point, we've experienced difficulty in all three. I mean, some hard difficulty. It just depends on the situation. It depends on what God is trying to refine in us at that moment and trying to show us. Um, like with Jonah, <clears throat> excuse me, it was his will um, in that particular season of his life, but the will was a reflection of his heart posture and a reflection of his mind. In his mind, he made up in his mind, I don't want to go to Nineveh, right? But then in his heart, his heart accepted what he said in his mind, and then his will followed suit, right? So guess what? It all ended up, with him in that well uh, floating with, with, with other fish that, that the well had, or the fish had, had been eating. So that's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be in the belly of a whale or belly of a giant fish. Um, and I mean that figuratively and naturally too. I don't want to end up in the, in the belly of a big fish because I, I disobeyed God and I didn't do what he called me to do. Because in the beginning, remember I shared that um, God calls us to this. Not only does he call us to people that he wants us to help, but he calls us to the people that he's helping in addition to that there's things that the thing he's calling us to, he's calling out of us as well. So he called Jonah to bring repentance, a point of repentance to the people of Nineveh. But that was a point of Jonah to be the repentance to be drawn out of Jonah as well. Right. We got to have we got to be the living testimony. You can't teach what we don't want to live out. So, yep. Thank you so much for that. Anybody else want to share? Hey, Ray, I wrote a note. It says it's natural for us to hide or harbor rather than to repent and be free. It is. Ash, Ash, Adam and Eve. Yeah, it's very vulnerable to repent. Freedom is vulnerable. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has these experiences or has had these experiences, 
But when I was growing up, um, I didn't like, I love poetry, right? But I did not like going to church and they had like, when they would have somebody go up and tell a, um, a poem because they would be so dramatic and it was very vulnerable and they'd be having a, and the moon and the, I didn't like that because it was very vulnerable and it was very intrusive and invasive and it would invite the audience into a space of that person's um, interactions and how they presented the poetry that made me uncomfortable. Um, and so that's what repentance and freedom is. When, when a person is confident and they're comfortable in repenting and they're comfortable in their freedom, it is uncomfortable for the people around them, right, who are not free, who are not, uh, who are not vulnerable. You see that with, with people who sometimes are not confident in their prayers. You can sense that they are not free in their prayer yet, right? They have not gotten to a point of vulnerability where they don't care what other people think and we care what God thinks and says. And so we have to, you're absolutely right. Like there has to be that freedom. Like if, if we want to, re, if we want to live a lifestyle of repentance, if we want to have a lifestyle of freedom, there's got to be some vulnerability there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Anybody else want to share? Raven, I wanted to share something. Um, <laughs> I was getting ready to ask you uh, a question when really I didn't need to ask the question. So had okay. God had just spoke to me right then and there and saying mm-hmm. the, the question that I wanted to ask is in him. Then he also mm-hmm. used, then he also used, uh, I had seen something. Um, I think I heard it or seen it on TV where mm-hmm. a preacher had, um, a woman got in touch with a preacher and asked if he can come up there. She had a problem at the hospital and it was uh, urgent. And mm-hmm. so, and he said, and then she said, can you bring my communion? Because I haven't had communion. And mm-hmm. so he went up there and and she said, the reason I asked you to come up here is because I have a situation and it's a, it's a life threatening and I mm-hmm. wanted your opinion. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm bringing this up because I was going to ask for your opinion when really I didn't need to. God is there. All I have to do is ask him. And I think sometimes what happens is when a person speaks well, I tend to gravitate to that and ask them when really all I have to do is ask God. Mm. And God would give me the answer right then and there. So I just have to share that because he had just brought that to my attention. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's real. And I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sometimes guilty of that. I will address someone who I think is a little wiser than me. Um, someone who I find to be a mentor. Like my auntie Tanya, she's like one of my closest people. Like I ask her about anything. Like I tell her pretty much everything going on in my life. She knows about it. Um, she's one person I don't hide from. I can hide from a whole lot of people. And I don't mean hiding like hiding like running. But sometimes we hide because it's necessary for us to grow. Um, and so she's one person that I can always be my most open and vulnerable self with. And so there are times where I have to repent because I asked her a question or I wanted her opinion when her opinion really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, she has no full scope of my life. She has no full scope of the answer Christ does. And so we do sometimes run to uh, humans because that is, it's comfortable. It's comforting to hear um, someone validate how we feel or someone to explain or resonate with how we feel or what we understand instead of 
going to the one that created us and the one that can give us a hard answer because sometimes we don't want the hard answer and that's what God is going to give us. I mean, it's the reflection. He gives us a reflection of ourselves to say, look, no, it's look inside, right? I already gave you the answer. But sometimes we just have to do a self-reflection. And I think that is a moment of needing repentance, needing to repent in that space. For me, sometimes I do have to say, God, I apologize. You know, I didn't even come to you. I didn't even think to you. And I'm supposed to come to him first, right? Secondary, people should be secondary if they are in that space at all, right? And so that, thank you for sharing that because I've had that, that, that experience as well. That's not something you're not on your own with that at all. Anybody else want to share? Anybody else? Hey, Raven. Hey, everyone. It's hey. Christina Joy. I just wanted to say, hey, hey. Um, great cheer. And um, thank you. I have to tell end of it, but I do appreciate all that you um, you reminded, reminded us of, especially about um, Jonah and his decision and why mm-hmm. that decision was important to attend. So thank you. Thank you so much, Christina. Hope you're having a great day today. Anybody else want to share? Thank you. Anybody else want to share? Just want to say, hey, hey, Raven, this is Moxie. Just in here, just listening to all that beautiful wisdom coming from from your young self. So I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. I love just listening to you and, you know, receiving, you know, what you be having. It was just amazing. But I I just agree with so much everybody was saying, you know, when it comes to all three, I, I agree. God is working on me with all three at the same time too you know so i just thank you repentance is so key and i just love one thing about repentance it's just making us go even deeper it's just Mm -hmm. taking me Mm -hmm. to a place Mm -hmm. of silence of being in god's presence of asking Mm -hmm. holy spirit to lead and guide it's just to me it's just taking me on a different journey of like mm-hmm. I feel this calmness, like you know. So I'm hoping they say, you know, how some people say, well, hey, the storm already in our past, but no, you know how they say the storm before, or is it the calm before the storm, whatever. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, I know. But yeah, thank I got you. you. Yes, I see. But see, I, I, you. I fear not. I fear not. I fear not. Mm-hmm. I fear not. But thank you. So I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely, I appreciate you. Love you. Anybody else want to share? Good morning. This is Joyful. I didn't think I was going to say anything, but if I hear Jonah's name one more time, I'm about to throw this phone. Um, (laughs) I appreciate your share and the comments. But when you talked about um, the thing that what Jonah was being asked to do and what he didn't want to do, he needed to repent of that. And just beginning to think about the number of people that God has called the examples that we have um, from it, Moses and how he said no, how he was mm-hmm, hesitant mm-hmm, when Ananias mm-hmm. didn't want didn't want to receive Saul because he was aware of who he was. That's a really good. This is going to be a study for me to take a look at um, when God is asking us to do something because we're really immediately getting in ourselves and identifying our own flaws as if. It's our flaw that's actually preventing us from doing the work yeah. um, because if we didn't have the flaws, then we would be able to do it. But that's prideful. Right. And so yeah. we, need, we need God to help us do it anyway. God yeah. has 
these people in mind in Nineveh. So, Jonah, you're going to be the messenger, but I don't want to do it because of what I think about them. And even if he had a thought something different, we need, we need God for it. So I'm really, I'm really meditating on that. Um, so that takeaway, as those comments are coming up, is really, really resting on me. So thank you for the share, and thank you, everyone, for the comments. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. I, uh, <laughs> that just made me think about how, you know, pretty much if you really examine every, every person, every character in the Bible has had moments where they questioned their validity, right? Um, God has given them an instruction today, like, for real? Like, God, are you sure? I don't know about that. Little old me, right? You got, you, you got, um, you have a countless amount of stories um, where, where that took place. And I think that it is very crucial that if the Bible is full of them, what makes us think that we're different? I think that we need to often examine instead of saying, God, um, no, or God, why me? Or I don't think I'm equipped for that. But because what you're saying is, is God is wrong, right? He's wrong about you, um, in which I serve yeah. a God who's never wrong. You know, um, I serve a God who's always, who's righteous. He's not just right, but he's righteous, meaning he is righteousness. He is right. He is, he's a representation of what is right, what is right, what is good what is faithful, what is just, every decision that he makes is what it is. Um, and there is no wrong um, or invalidity in anything that he says. His word does not return to him void. And so if we look at it from that perspective, instead of saying, I cannot, but God, I trust you because you're not wrong about me. You're never wrong about me. And he proves it time and time again. Luckily, we're on the outside of these Bible uh, characters. We're on the outside looking in. We know what the outcome is. They're living this out in these scriptures. They have no idea what the outcomes are. We're sitting here like, no, don't go that way. You're going to get eight, right? And then they're in there like, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And they have, and then here comes Jonah gets swallowed by a whale. We know he's going to get swallowed by a whale, right? But he doesn't. And so in, because we have the tools and the resources that they did it, we have an advantage. And the advantage is to say, you know what, God, this happened to this person. I'm going to just trust your will for my life because you never get it wrong. You are not wrong about me. What you say, what you've called me to is what you've called me to. And so what you've called me to, you are also refining out of me. He's never going to call us to something that he, he's not trying to work out of us. Which in this example, Jonah, he was trying to call a point of repentance out of Jonah. And so because of that, he's called him to bring others to repentance. And so that is, it's always, it's always that situation. Like if you look at David um, and Goliath, like he was like, but I'm a kid. Like I have no experience. I'm just a little shepherd boy, right? He diminished his own value in the face of God, right? And he, he diminished it so much that he prepared five stones and he only needed one. We know five represents grace, but he didn't need the extra grace. He just needed one stone. But had he trusted God, um, furthering before he got into the situation. If he just, you know, he had the courage, but it was, he had some apprehension at first, you know, and so did the others around him. And sometimes others around us can influence um, our decisions uh, to, to, they can influence how we feel in our heart. They can influence our will. <clears throat> and if we're not careful, we'll be surrounded by the wrong people who are not going to encourage us to a point of repentance. Oh, girl, you are right. You ain't got to apologize. You ain't got to say sorry. You know, they was wrong. You know, that's not the kind of people you need around you. You need the people who are going to call it out of you and say, nah, you, even if you're not out of line, if you thought about it, then you probably should go to them, 
right? Because sometimes God fashions it that way. Yeah, we're not wrong, but if if you dreamt about it last night, go on ahead and take care of that. So I think that's just where we are and where we should be. Anybody else want to share? Hey, Raven, this is Lisa. Um, I must admit that hey, I must admit that I um slept. <laughs> so I didn't hear all of that question. But I am loving, loving, <laughs> loving the comments, man, and your mm-hmm. wisdom. I agree with Moxie and I've said this before. Your wisdom is just beyond your years, but I know it has everything to do with the way you were raised. Thank you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on the inside of you. So I just appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, and again it gives me hope for the generation, your generation coming up after us. I cannot help but to think just based on what you were just saying, a couple of things. So it reminds me of, um, first of all, God is not concerned about our ability. He is more concerned about our availability, right? So the greatest story I can think about is with Gideon. He had 32,000 and he went all the way down to 300. Why? Because he wanted to make sure that when they won the battle, they would not take the credit for it that he would get the glory and the credit for them winning the battle so that no matter what, they would not be impressed with the numbers or their ability. So oftentimes God will use us because we're available, because we show up, because we say, here I am, God, use me, put me in coach, right? And I think that's the attitude that I need to shift myself to, that we need to shift ourselves to, to be available for God to use us if we show up for his glory and his honor when he says, okay, are you ready? Okay, yeah, coach, I'm ready. Because sometimes we sit on the sidelines and we sit on the bench and he says, your turn, are you ready? And we're like, no, 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 yeah. not yet. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yes, yeah. God, yeah, I'm ready. I've been prepared and equipped and called for such mm-hmm. a time as this. So that's one mm-hmm. thing. And then thinking about at the end of everything with Jonah, he went, and this just goes back to what you were saying, he went and after everything, he was shaded by that tree. And he was only mm-hmm. concerned really about himself the whole time. And after the, the tree had dried up, it was like God showing him, you're really just concerned about yourself and your shade and your comfort. Mm-hmm. But that shade, mm-hmm. what you did was you went and you saved because I used you to do a whole nation, a whole group of people yeah. were saved yeah. from being destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So instead of us being, like you were just saying, concerned really about us, it's about people and souls, about them being reconciled back to Christ instead of us being uncomfortable. It's about somebody's life being changed. It's about somebody, and and actually, as I just said that, I thought about Dion's yes and about Declare Victory in about 10 years Mm -hmm. and about so many Mm -hmm. people's lives being changed. Mm -hmm. And she's not the only one. All of us have given a yes, and so many people's lives have been affected as a result of that. And that yes can be so uncomfortable. It can be difficult sometimes, right? It can be difficult sometimes, but it's worth it all. For somebody's life to be changed, for somebody's life to be saved, for somebody's life to be used for the glory of God. And sometimes we'll never see the end result, but I believe it'll all come out in the wash in glory. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you. And we're celebrating Martin Luther King today. And and just imagine if he would have rejected the pool um, to change change the nation and change the minds of people and the hearts and minds of people, perhaps he would have said no. You know, perhaps he would, perhaps he, we wouldn't be here today in the position that we were, that, that we're in and able to intermingle with and be diverse and to learn to love each other. We don't, we still don't got it right, 
but he's not here Come to on. even enjoy the fruits of his labor, right? So with a day off, I think that <laughs> period. With a day, he can't even enjoy his own day off. Come on, <laughs> you know. And so I was talking to my kids last night at dinner, and I was saying that you know it's very important for us to um to really like when we were growing up in school, the textbooks made um made um civil rights movement seem so far away. Right, they made Martin Luther King and Malcolm X seem so far away. There's only a generation in between us. Um, in fact, I, I'm I'm a part of Martin. Well, I'm a part of Rosa Parks and Coretta Scott King's lifetime, Jesse Jackson's lifetime. The only reason in my heart that I believe that Martin Luther King Jr. is not alive today is because he was assassinated. He could have still been alive today. That's that's how real it becomes when you really analyze that. Um, that he's he's and at one point he was standing next to my grandfather at at an event. My grandfather's only 93 years old. So if you really analyze um, how life comes full circle and how things are beginning to manifest, that was only about 50 years, 50 some odd years ago, right? My mom is, I think my mom's 54. I think my mom's 54. But she, she was born two years after um, the assassination of Dr. King. So these things are not as far away as we present them to be. And I think that we think that we have time. Um, and I said that to say this, we think that we have time and we really don't sometimes. Sometimes it's just, it is more effective to immediately be obedient, immediately accept um, the, wor- the, the will of the Father for our lives. Because again, like you just said it, someone else's, someone, someone's answered prayers depending on our yes, right? Those people's lives were changed because Jonah recommitted himself and said, look, you know what? I messed up. I need to go and do what God told me to do the first time. Right, I'm. It's coming. I gotta hit this 180 on them. I can't do a 360 because it's gonna end me right back where I was. But I need to go to Nineveh, like he said. And then guess what? When we don't obey, God's will is gonna get done, whether we want it done or not. Because at the end of the day, guess what? Jonah ended up going to Nineveh anyway. So he should have just went the first time. Period. But he needed it to happen because he needed to see some things. God needed to refine and work some things out. He needed that moment of silence, that peace, and that in the reflection in that fish's stomach. So I know we're at 804. We got time for one more person to share if you'd like to share. Otherwise, we're going to close out. Anybody else have something to say? Anybody else? Going once, going twice. All right. Uh oh. I hear somebody. The only thing I just thought about right now. Oh, oh, well, okay. We got two people. Moxie, whoever that was, we're going to let her go first. Who was that? Okay. Where'd she go? Oh, it's me. Me? Hey, me. <laughs> First of all, it was nice to meet the voices, to meet the faces of the voices I hear every day. Um, you know, this was good for me because I have to train myself to get rid of this uh, thinking, thinking. And um, yeah. sometimes it's not other people. It could be you. And I was, yeah. something was bothering me. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm. I was, you know, we ain't supposed mm-hmm. to, I have to talk to myself. We're not supposed to think like that. No food. That's old. Mm-hmm. No, stop. Mm-hmm. What, and, and I have to literally, what could I be doing right now? I got to get prepared for a 200-person uh, catering job. So I mm-hmm. I immediately changed my mind to, the, oh, let me, let me see what I need with the ingredients. I need this. And I have to change mm-hmm. that. And then um, then it kept weighing on me. I was like, oh, my God. So I know if I can talk to nobody else, I can talk to my husband. And mm-hmm. he is like, you know, stress free. I always think mm-hmm. he's just so. Men always are. You know, he's so laid back. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like, I gotta kick him for him to move. He's just so laid back. He's d- d- drama free. And when I bring stuff to him, he always makes me feel at peace. 
He was like, mm-hmm. Ruth, uh-uh, don't even, don't even trip about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so, and then he allowed, and then, because I, I know if I call somebody else, oh, it's on and popping. Yeah. They're like, girl, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. no. You get an amen corner. I, I, I used to do those things, and we'd be on the phone all day and ain't got nothing accomplished. But I said, I can go to my husband, he, and he put me right back where I need to be. And then, of course, I, you know, prayed about it. And then I said, no, we're not even going to talk about that. And I got, I got a lot of stuff done. But I, you yeah. have to get rid of that stinking thinking. Because just when I said, oh, my life, I was just saying last week on um, when Deanna was, did, when she did the declaration, on oh, that peace, oh, freedom and all that. And so that mm-hmm. mind, <laughs> that mind is a trip. Yeah. I was it just saying, I'm just, oh, I, and I just told him, oh, I love my life. You know, how I love you. I'm so glad. Thank you for supporting me going to the, you know, the event. Then, bam. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, no, we, no, mm-mm. we ain't supposed to go there. <laughs> so I was like, so you have to be careful that the thinking, thinking. I didn't mm-hmm. praise everybody and all this, and then it's like, no. So I have, yeah. we have, sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. Yes. And so I'm just glad you brought this up and talked about it. It was really good and for me. And then now even talking about it, it just, you know, get that little piece, Literally. that little bit out of the yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good. I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're good. All right. Yeah, because I'm too blessed to be tripping. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, Look, crap. We all are. We all yeah. are. Absolutely. And after, right, Marcia, and after you had, Saturday. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, honey, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and after Saturday, shoot, that was, man, we, my husband was mm-hmm. like, I'm so glad I came. Because he knows the blessings mm-hmm. that have come through this call. He mm-hmm. knows the blessings mm-hmm. that have come through this call. And the prayers that you guys have prayed on, on my family, shoot, he said he wouldn't have missed it for the world. And they're still telling people, I had a good time. We went to a whole gala at, in Vallejo, and he was more happy than he so I Thank you guys, of course, the Dominos Deanna's on live. Thank you, honey. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is, this call has been a lifesaver for all of us. At some point in our lives, we come to this, come to declare victory with, you know, baggage or hurt and pain, things that we didn't even know we had. And then you sit on, you get on here, and you realize how much more you needed the camaraderie, the, you know, to be affirmed with the word more than you need the firm affirmation from other people and the validation from other people. So absolutely. It's, it's, it's helped to change my life. Absolutely. I can't, I can't, I like, absolutely. I can't express it enough. Moxie, go ahead, girlfriend. Okay. You know, it was just came over me, you guys, when I was just sitting here and we was um, when just listening and I heard whole, you know, just was thinking of like, you know, because we know God is all knowing and we know he mm-hmm. sees all, he knows all, we can't hide nothing from, you know, I I um, am first to confess that that's where my lack of repentance came from. You know, it was just like when I just thought about it, like, yeah. oh, you know. But no, that's not what he said do. He said, confess, yeah. Moxie. I need you to come yeah. to me, confess those things so I can get that wickedness out of you. And that's why I just yeah. wanted to share that with my sisters and brothers, too. You know, you know, it's don't, don't allow the enemy to trick us. You know what I'm saying? To be like, oh, Father, forgive me of my sins. You know, you know, whatever, however you talk to him, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, know that we, the veil is ripped. We get, we, we, yeah. we, we get to have a relationship, you know. We get mm-hmm. to really talk to him and we get to really confess. And I'm so grateful for that on today. So I just wanted just to encourage, you know, my everybody with that too. Don't allow the enemy to trick us with that. Oh, he knows. No, confess on yeah. today. Confess. 
Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, y'all, we 10 after. I'm going to let y'all go. It has been a pleasure to chat with you guys. Excuse me. It's been a pleasure to serve you um, and the impartation that some of you have, have just, you know, laid, laid uh, during the Love, Life, and Victory portion. I appreciate you guys. I thank you guys. It's all, you guys make it so pleasurable to share. Um, and it's just, I appreciate this journey. I didn't get to see you guys this weekend, but I do want to express my gratitude for the line and to Dion and, and just her yes has made a big difference and a greater impact in my life um, just through the line and I've matured uh, on and off the scene. So this has been a great, great experience and I'm looking forward to another 10 years. Um, so you guys have a great rest of your day. Most people are off work. Those of you who are on the clock today, enjoy it. Eat some cake for Martin Luther King. Do something. Uh, do the Dougie on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard somewhere, wherever, because it's always one, especially in a black neighborhood. They got some Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard somewhere. Do something to <laughs> to acknowledge a man who has helped to change the trajectory of our futures. Um, but y'all have a great day, and I will see and hear from you guys soon. All right, you guys. Have a magnificent Monday. Love you, Thank you, man. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm. God bless you all. Enjoy yeah, your holiday. Walk in peace. Bye. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah.